Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. So, the title of the, the message this morning is Dear Dad, What Every Dad Should Know about being important, because dads are important. I'm going to skip the, this slide and go to the, the, that slide and come back to it. And by the way, if you want a copy of this message, uh, on the back table and in the Welcome Center, there are copies, and there's a place to take notes. I won't be offended if you get up and go get a copy so you can write notes, but... Um, anyway, just want you to know that, that that's there. But um, the first thing I want to say about dads is that dads should show their children what God is like. And I'll, I'll go back to the previous slide and just read this. When Jesus is with his disciples the last time, Philip says to the Lord, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Because, see, Jesus has been talking about the Father. And Jesus replies to to Philip and says this, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus intended when he sent his spirit to inhabit us, to fill us with the spirit. And then he tells the disciples as he's talking about the fact that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to live in that. He says, he has been with you and he will be in you. When I return to the Father, I will send my spirit to you. We will send the spirit to you. But a little, just a few verses later, he says, and um, uh, if you obey me, if you love me, you will, you will obey me. And my Father and I will come and we will make our home in you. And that happens through the Holy Spirit. So we're actually indwelt, as Dennis t- pointed out about the Trinity last week, we're indwelt by the Father, Son, and Spirit through the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Does that make sense? It, the Trinity is hard to understand, but that's, we, we serve a triune God. He's, there's three in one. And so Jesus is saying, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, and then I'm going to send my Spirit, and he's going to inhabit you. So in the, with the intention, as, as he said to his disciples at, you know, right before he left them, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In, in 1 John 4, it says, as he is, so are we on this earth. And so we should be able to say, as Christians, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And that's, that is not something that you should be struck by lightning for saying. But dads, as we, as we father our children, as we grandfather our grandchildren, as we father our spiritual sons and daughters, they should be able to look at us and see what God is like. Does that make sense? They should be able to see what God is like. Now, I will say this. Father's Day and, and talking about fathers and talking about God the Father often is a stumbling block for, for people because they didn't grow up with a godlike father. I, you know, I, I, I was thinking about raise your hand if, but I, you know, that's not really appropriate as we're trying to honor fathers this morning. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, ask any awkward questions. So I want to ask you to raise your hand, but just think in your mind, just answer in your heart. 
these questions. Was your father godlike, loving, compassionate, there for you, or was he angry all the time? Was your father there for you, or was he absent all the time? And a father can be absent. He can be sitting in the home, watching sports, reading the newspaper. I know a couple of people from our church that absolutely hate sports because their father was obsessed with sports and spent more time watching sports than spending time with the family. <laughs> There's all kinds of, of, uh, of problems with their abusive fathers, uh, verbally, emotionally. Um, there are fathers that um, are, are, you know, mistreat their mother or their wife, the, the, the children's mother. That doesn't show what God is like. There's all kinds of ways to not show God to your children as a father. But we're really called to do that, to, to show our children what God is like. Because there should be at some point a transference from our children when we're, they're little, they just worship us. They, they just do. And I want to tell you guys something. If you're a father, you, um, you actually get the benefit of the doubt for the first several years of your child's life. Your child looks at you and, 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 and just worships you. Even if you're neglectful, even if you're mean, even if you, you know, for, you get a pass for a while. But then, but then those wounds start taking place in your child's heart. And if you're absent or you're or you're cruel, or, or you're abusive, or, or you just are angry all the time, or you over-discipline, or under-discipline, or, you know, and, and let me just say this, if you're not disciplining your child, you're not doing them a favor. There's a, there's a Christian movement right now, uh, uh, it's, there's an entire, you know, Facebook world out there that against discipline, Christians disciplining their children. Christian parents that don't discipline your children. Just talk to them, you know. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. If my, my parents hadn't disciplined me, I'd probably be in prison right now. That's not doing your child a favor. Uh, in fact, in Proverbs, it says, spare the rod and spoil the child. That doesn't mean you're supposed to beat them with a rod. But a rod was something that a shepherd used to correct a sheep to keep them on the right path. It was, a, it was correction. And it's a, it's a metaphor. It's not, you know, there are actually... I've heard of Christian people even seen TV shows and stuff like that where, you know, there was a big stick that hung on the wall, and if the child was bad, they would get beat with a rod. That, that's just, that's abusive. That's not what I'm talking about. By the way, my mom used to switch on me, and she got the biggest switch she could find. She always left two little leaves on the end for effect. I don't understand that, but, yeah, it was like, Oof. And uh, my brother and I once found, she hid it, but we found it one time and just tore it to, you know, broke it all up, and she made another one bigger than that one. So anyway, but I'm so thankful that my mom spanked me. I really am. Um, uh, I can count on one hand the times my father spanked me, and he never was abusive. Um, my mom didn't understand that thing about don't discipline your children in anger. She didn't get that. She would grit her teeth and ask us questions that we couldn't answer because, you know, it was like, are you ever going to do this again? Yes, yes. I mean, no, I would... Are you sorry? You not, no, yeah, yes. Yeah. So stop asking me questions while I'm in so much pain, you know. But anyway, um, but, but we have to discipline our children. 
we don't have to spank them. I mean, maybe spanking's not your thing. You know, it was effective with me, but uh, my, my kids and I have this debate about how many times they were spanked. I say I, I maybe spanked both of them five times in their whole lives, and they said five times a week, but that's, you know, that's it. <laughs> so we got this thing going, you know, this debate. But, um, but children need discipline. They need parameters. They need, they need to know that they're loved, and the way that, that you do that is in part by disciplining them, but don't, not over-disciplining them. You can under-discipline, you can over-discipline. But we need to know, I mean, so, so in, in Hebrews 12, it says that God disciplines us as sons and daughters. Like if he loves us, he's going to discipline us. Because every son that comes to him, every daughter that comes to him, is disciplined by him because he loves us. Because he wants us to walk in holiness. So, so anyway, enough on that. I don't even know why I went there, but um, didn't plan on talking about that that much. But our children should be able to look at us and find out what God is like. Okay. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. You know, one of the things that that dads do is they give their children their identity. They give their children their identity. When they're little... You know, here, here's a myth I want to bust right now. I've heard it said over and over again, you can't be a dad and a friend. You can't be a dad and a friend. Bull malarkey. That's just wrong. I was, I was a dad and I was a friend. And when my kids got grown, we're still friends. And, and uh, West Bloomy, I wasn't expecting that. We didn't plan that. But we, we're friends. I love working with my son. And um, my daughter, you know, she, she called me the other night. It's about 10.30. I go to bed at 10.30, so, you know, I have to I get enough sleep so I can get up early and have my devotions before I come to work. And for some reason, she just doesn't care. But um, anyway, she, she called me at 10.30 and had a question. And so we talked for a minute. We answered the question. I'm looking at the clock, you know, and that's 10.40, 10.45. And uh, I have this pet name for her. I call her Scoop. And I was like, Scoop, I got to go to bed. And she goes, no, no. She's like, I want to talk. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So at midnight, we finally hung up the phone. But we're friends now because we were friends when she was little and when she was in middle school and when she was in high school. I just I always tried to nurture a friendship with my children. Now, did I discipline? Of course I did. I told you that. But I also quickly resolve conflict and, and, and restored that, that closeness. Guys, dads, we've got to be close to our children. We've got to be friends. And, you know, you, you can't just like, like when they're teenagers, you don't want to act like a teenager. That's not what I'm saying. But you want to maintain closeness. You want to, I mean, when they're ready to talk, talk. Please, by all means, you know, talk. But let me just say, man, I'm chasing all kinds of rabbits today. Dads give their children their identity. Social scientists, at least some social scientists believe, and Christian uh, uh, people that are in, in that realm say that mothers are the great nurturers. You know, they, they, they nurse the children. They, they, they're the soft, loving, you know, caring, nurturing. Uh, but the father, the father's role is to give the child, part of their role is to give the child their identity. Now, 
Children are born male and female. But femininity and masculinity is a gift from God, or a gift from the Father. It's a gift from God, but it's a gift from the Father. The Father tells the son, you're a man like me, and tells the daughter, you're a woman like your mom. And, and th- that, that's a gift. Uh, masculinity is a gift from the father to the son. Femininity is a gift from the father to the daughter. And if that doesn't happen, all kinds of bad things can, can, can turn out from that. And I don't have time to elaborate. You're just going to have to trust me. But, but dads, you know, when I found that out, um, <laughs> uh, from the time my son was really, really young, I started calling him Westman. That was my nickname for him for his, most of his life. I don't call him that anymore, but I just call him Wes. But I called him Westman because I wanted him to know he was a man. And with my daughter, I, I spent lots of time sitting in her room in a way too small chair, drinking tea and uh, playing Ken as she played Barbie. You know what I'm saying? Laying on the floor playing, you know, I'm like, oh, somebody just shoot me. Oh, hi, Barbie. Let's go out. You know, let's go to the, you know. Anyway. But we, 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 you know, that's a part of our role to, to give our children our identity. Jesus, Jesus is giving his disciples their identity. You know, before you felt, you know, you, you felt like a servant. Now you're friends. I'm giving you, you know, as our children grow, you know, we, we just call them into manhood and womanhood. And, and we help give them their identity. And they become our friends. It's just amazing how that adult friends is really awesome. If we do it well, we do it right. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Um, dads are, are one of the two most important people in our children's lives until they marry. Once they're married, they're, you know, they're out there. They're on their own. But, um, but, but, but moms and dads are super important. And uh, James Dobson says, Dr. James Dobson says, the most important thing that a father can do for his children is love their mother. And I, I know that there are broken homes and bro- broken relationships, and I, I'm not wanting to cause anyone any, any grief today, any, any problems, but I, I just want you to know, dads, that um, our children will forgive us. Even adult children will forgive us. If we've made mistakes, if we've, if we've uh, done things that were hurtful or harmful, if we, if we, you know, even if they left their mom, you know, all these things... It, our children want a relationship with us. Our children want to extend grace. They want to, they want to hear they want us they want to hear us say I'm sorry if we've done something wrong. I want to I want to finish out um, this this Father's Day sermon with a book. Um, it's out of print. It's really a shame that this book is out of print because it's kind of uh, an indictment on American fathers to me. But this book was written by Doug Webster, What Kids Want to Know, Their Fathers to Know, Dear Dad, If I Could Tell You Anything. This man was a youth pastor, and you can still get this book, by the way. If you go to Amazon or eBay, you can find a used copy or a new copy that's in a, like a uh, used bookstore or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I just cannot highly recommend this book enough because what happened is this man was a youth pastor. Doug Webster was a youth pastor. And then he uh, went on to become like a youth speaker. And he would go to these big youth conferences and he would speak. 
And uh, he would interact with teenagers constantly. And he had this idea one day to begin to ask the, the, the kids, you know, um, well, what's your relationship like with your dad? And they, they would tell him. And so then he started asking this question. If you could tell your dad anything, what would you tell him? I'm not going to tell him. You can say anything you want to. Just tell me what you would say to your dad. And I, I want to I read the, the, this is basically each statement became a chapter in this book. And I, I get choked up reading this. So if I, if I have to take a second to recompose, I will. Um, pardon me for the, you know, interruption. But um, this is really powerful stuff, guys. These are teenagers. These are not little, little children that still are in that, oh, my dad is God stage. It's, these are teenagers but if I could, a teenager saying to Doug Webster, if I could tell my dad anything and get away with it, this is what I would say to him. It's shocking, actually. Twelve statements. The first one, see, there I go. I can't do this. Dear Dad, you matter. These are teenagers that, you know, seem to hate you. <laughs> Dear Dad, you matter. Number two, dear dad, I love you. Number three, dear dad, please accept me. Please accept me. Dear dad, please don't hurt me. Dear dad, please stop hurting you. Please stop hurting you. You drink too much, you're too angry. You work too much. Dear Dad, be with me. Be with me. Dear Dad, listen to me. Our kids, our teenage kids, hardly ever want to talk when it's convenient. <laughs> Even our adult children, <laughs> 10, 45, I want to talk. <laughs> yeah, listen to me. This is really, this next one's amazing. Dear Dad, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Dear Dad, be real with me. Don't, don't try to put up some front with me. Be real with me. Dear Dad, trust me. <laughs> uh, this is a 17, 18 year old right here. Dear Dad, leave me alone. Now, you understand that's not a bad thing because teenagers are beginning to try to what, what we call individuate. In other words, I'm becoming my own person. I'm not adopting your views anymore. I'm not believing your faith anymore. I have to work that out on my own. You, you've gone to church and you believe in God and you have a particular political Viewpoint. You have, you know, you have a particular stance on this or that or that, the other issue. Uh, you know, you've always come in my bedroom and made my bed and, you know, gone through my stuff or whatever. It's time to end that. I am becoming my own person, and you need to respect my individual, you know, nature as as an as an as a blooming adult. That's a really important stage, and we need to honor that as parents. And then number 12, dear dad, thanks for everything. 
I love you. <laughs> yeah. Dads are super important in the lives of their children. And I, uh, yeah, I've, I've already gone through the list. Dear Dad, I love you. You matter. I just picked out the, the, my favorite six. Be with me. Listen to me. Be real with me. And please forgive me. I mean, those are huge. I, I want to I end by having our, in just a moment, having our dad stand. And I want people around them to, to reach out and, and put their hands on them and pray for them. Um, if you're, if you're a female and, um, uh, you know, I, I just want you to know how important you are. If you're a mom or if you're a spiritual mom, because women that don't have children can be spiritual moms to uh, sons and daughters, just like I'm a spiritual father to sons and daughters. Um, but you, moms, your role is so important. I mean, I don't know what my kids would do without Deb. And, you know, even to this day, I mean, Lindsay just, you know, calls her two or three times a week and talks. And I'm in on that conversation some, and sometimes I'm not. Uh, but moms, you guys are so important as nurturers, as, as you know, encouragers. I, I, I love Jewish moms. Jewish moms are, their kid is always right. They're always the best behaved, the most brilliant, you know. And if something happens, it's the other child's fault. Every mom should be a Jewish mom, in my opinion. But dads, your role is so important. Granddads, your role is so important. I know some granddads that have raised their grandsons and daughters and, uh, and have done a great job with that because their, their children defaulted on their role as, as parents. Um, I just can't say enough about how important it is to be a dad. And if you aren't a dad and you're a guy find a spiritual son or and, and you know daughter you got to be careful with the daughter thing you know i uh but but uh i've got a lot more spiritual sons than i do spiritual daughters miriam you're kind of an exception but i'm a, a wonderful exception to that um but but um we live in a culture where um there are lots of orphans there are lots of, of, um, of, of men and women, young, younger, younger and older millennials and, and uh, whatever follows millennials, that don't really have dads. Uh, even if their dad's in the home, he's not been a dad. He's, not been, he's been absent, he's been distant, he's been whatever. And um, pray and ask the Lord to give you a spiritual son. Um, and spiritual daughters that you can just love on, minister to, pour into. Uh, because you're being Jesus to them. But I believe Jesus was a spiritual father to his disciples. That was part of what was happening. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I'm, I'm just loving you, and I'm, I'm pouring into you. And I want you to turn around and do that with other people. Paul did that constantly. He found his Timothys and Tituses and, and, and uh, just poured into them. And then he encourages them to pour into people. It's so important. Uh, part of discipleship is being a dad figure in, in younger men's lives, younger women's lives. And, and, and ladies, you do the same thing for spiritual daughters.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity just to talk about this subject this morning. I just really believe that you don't want any orphans in your family. That you want dads to step up in their own homes and be dads. Granddads to be spiritual dads. And, and there are so many spiritual sons to go around that are looking for father figures. To show them what you're like. To nurture them, to disciple them, to bless them, to pour into them. And God, I pray that, that, that you would just lead each man in this room to find spiritual sons and daughters and, and those who have actual children to really pour into their children, to, to show them what you're like so that they, they won't have this transference where, oh, is God, does he like me? Is he mean? Is he, is he distant? But they'll know the love of the Father because of the love of their earthly father. Lord, help us be friends as well as dads. God, we need your Holy Spirit to do this right. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.